Our limitations, self-doubt, and limiting beliefs about ourselves. Why do we give them so much power? I'm Simon Caruso, and this is the Limitless Man Podcast, speaking to those who doubted their own doubts and overcame limitations to pursue their very own limitless potential. Today's guest is Ash Manuel, who's a speaker, futurist, and well-being education expert specializing in helping schools and businesses set up their approach to positive education and well-being. In 2010, while teaching as a primary school PE teacher in Adelaide, he discovered a number of people who excelled in their chosen field that identified both gratitude and happiness as their key to success and achievement. As a result, he left primary school teaching and decided to combine his skills as a teacher with the principles he learned that led to his own breakthroughs and created Growing With Gratitude. Since 2014, Ash has been obsessed with helping schools set up their whole school approach to positive education, but also businesses set up their organizational approach to well-being. Today, he's widely regarded as a leader in positive education, and as a result of growing with gratitude success, they now run leadership programs in both primary schools and high schools, have a multi-sports program and a corporate division focusing on connected leadership, as well as working with sporting organizations, including a partnership with the Adelaide Crows. Ash Manuel, welcome to the podcast, mate. Thanks, Simon. Thanks for having me, mate. No worries, mate. Ash, uh, we met, I reckon, a couple of months ago through the Speakers Institute or Speakers Tribe. Um, obviously, yeah, we, we sort of hit it off a little bit when we when we caught up. And I uh, I resonate with teachers. My wife's a, a, a primary school teacher. So I guess when I found out about your story and how you sort of came from this, this background to create this business that you've created, I sort of took a, yeah, took a keen interest in that. I just want, I always give everyone an opportunity to sort of just paint a bit of a background, a bit of a story about, I guess your early life and obviously you had some if you did have some ambition to become a teacher initially how that sort of come about and um yeah, i guess how you transition from there so go for yeah, it mate yeah so my my mum's side of the family they're very sporty so my uncle is mark mick and my auntie's pat mick and mark played football for or the first captain of the brisbane bears in 87 i know, I know mark mick well yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, in the VFL back then. Then he came over to play for the Crows, won the first of the best and fairest, the Crows. Then um, Marnie Pat played in two Olympics um, for Australia in basketball in 84 and 88. So my goal was to be a professional sports person. So my two sports were cricket and football. So I excelled quite um, well in them at a young age. So back in oh, about 95, 96, I captained the under-17 state cricket team. Um, and also was on that pathway with football. My local club was the South Adelaide football club in the Sandful um, here in Adelaide. So you grew and, up down south, Ash, did you? Yeah. Like in Orlunga-ish or, yeah? Yep, in Orlunga, yep. And yep. Um, so I played league football there when I was about 18. And um, so my goal was to play AFL football in the end. I thought, well, there's more positions on a, a football team than, than cricket. Um, it's cricket slightly set up differently now, but back then um, it was yeah, more opportunity with football. So I went down that path. Um, got close, but unfortunately um, didn't make that goal of playing um, Australian or a sorry, AFL football at the highest level. But um, I learned a lot during that time. And um, after I realised it's not going to happen, I had to work out what I wanted to do. Uh, and one of the things I um, started started to do, actually, sorry, I'll go back a step. What I actually did, I got into, um, no, I'm going to go back a step again. So I had very supportive parents and 
I need, when I came to do year 12, I only did three subjects. And then um, I didn't actually go back to school. I so had three, three out of what? Normally it's five. Is that right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Was yeah. it my three day? It was five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Three out of five subjects. Yeah. <laughs> so that was okay. that wasn't the cutter. So the idea was yeah. to do over two years. Okay. Yeah. I ended up going um, and doing a traineeship at the Saturday, Saturday League Football Club instead the following year. And then that didn't really lead to anything. It was good fun, but that was about it. And uh, so I went back to the school, went back to the same school, Blackwood High School, where I went yeah. to, yeah. and finished it off. And I got into marketing at uni and lasted about six weeks. Didn't, didn't really like it. Um, wasn't what I expected. And then had that year off. And uh, a part of the part-time job I had was doing coaching clinics in primary schools with football and cricket. And I really enjoyed it. So I thought, well, what about being a primary school PE teacher? And so I looked at the courses, got into that um, course. So I was back and it was called Junior Primary and Primary School Teaching Specialising in Physical Education. So at the end of 2003, um, I graduated and started teaching in 2004. And luckily enough, at the end of 2004, I ended up at a manual primary school um, in Adelaide at Nova Gardens near, near Glenelg. Good school. And, yeah. yeah, great school and very lucky to be there. And um, yeah, stayed there for 12 years. So that's how I got into teaching and my dad was a teacher. He's retired now, but my dad was a teacher. Um, my sister was also a teacher as well. So wasn't planning on being a teacher, but it just ended up going yeah. down that path. Um, and that's how, I guess, the interest in education started. And that's how I got, I guess, that the pathway that I took to um, yeah, really where I am now. With teaching, I mean, did you, obviously, you're, you're, you specified in physical education. How did you find the industry itself? Like, obviously, I, I, I hang around quite a few teachers and obviously I hear mixed sort of feedback depending on yeah. who you talk to and what they're doing. But did you enjoy the business? Like, did you enjoy the industry? Was it what you thought it was? Obviously, people go into it for, you know, having certain aspirations or they think it's going to be a certain way. Was it what you thought it was going to be? Well, yeah, no, I, I loved it. I, Really enjoyed it. I had a great experience um, at Emmanuel Primary School. Great school, um, great leadership, great kids, great families. So I, I had a really good experience. Um, no doubt that it can be challenging. Um, but I, the only reason why I did the course, the whole thing, was to be a PE teacher. And yeah. so when that landed, it was like, great. It was perfect. Um, and some, some, it might not be for some people. And there is, I know that a lot of people... Uh, have bad experience for different reasons, a whole lot of different reasons. In fact, there's stats around 50% of teachers leave the industry within five years of teaching. Wow, That's okay, yeah. And that could be for um, not what they expected. Um, oh, it could be workload, um, behavior management with kids that <laughs> make them, cause them to leave, yeah. a whole lot of different range of things. Yeah. But I was very lucky to have a great school, really good support, um, love what I did. And, but yeah, definitely. And, and People, it's just it's just the way the industry is. Like in education, it, it can be hard. It's hard work, um, but very rewarding at the same time. And so, like you're a PE teacher, and you know, during our conversation we had last week, you know, you spoke about an opportunity to you know take on more of this a workshop kind of role within the school. So the school was organising some sort of workshop. Did I did I understand right, that right, or did I get that right? Where there was an opportunity to step into something else. I'll let you sort of, did I get that right? Um, I, I started out as, or I started as the, like, um, the, one of the main PE teachers, but then I ended up stepping into the um, leadership role or the head of physical education. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, that, that's, that was, well, I guess that was progression. But um, what actually came about was 
Oh, it, I, I, yeah, I think I know what you're saying. So, <laughs> so basically in about 2013, our school was looking for a positive education program or wellbeing um, program to run our school. And we weren't really sure what to do. So we hired somebody um, part-time, um, yeah. three days a week by memory. And yeah. they, they hadn't done um, the role before, but um, was, yeah, I think they just thought, well, we'll give it a go. And at the end of 2013, nothing had really stuck. There wasn't really a program in, in place. And it was, it was a tricky thing. It wasn't um, an easy thing to come in to try to implement three days a week um, for this person. And going back a few years, 2010, that's when I came across positive psychology and realized like learning a skill in a sport, you can, be a learn, you can um, learn and practice to be a more resilient and happier person. So things like practicing to be grateful, kind, empathetic, um, reflecting yeah. on the good things that happen and service, so doing things for other people without necessarily expecting anything in return, they were the sort of the five things that I came across that really, uh, really lead to be a more resilient and happy person. But not just knowing what it is, but actually doing it, that's, that's the key, doing it. So I started to do that, those, those things, like actually um, keep it, like start with a gratitude journal. Um, How did you start, mate? Like, was it a daily thing? Like, where you yeah. just develop the routine or the discipline to be able to, you know, implement yeah. that every day? Or yeah, it was. So, yeah, every day. But to make it easy, I just kept a notepad next to my bed. Yeah, um, and I just had it there, and every night I just write it down. Um, or some mornings I'd, oh, I'm trying to work out how I did start. I think it was either, or either way, I had it next to my bed, and sometimes I'll do it in the morning, sometimes I'll do it in the evening. Um, just write three things I'm grateful for, and that's how it started. But um, it does get a little bit tedious and a bit boring over time, and there is research research around that as well. So after a while, what I was, what I did, um, a guy, a lady called um, oh, Barbara Fredrickson, wrote a book called Positivity, and in her research, that's what that's what she discovered is that um, over time it can get boring. So her suggestion was do it once a week, write five things you're grateful for but be real specific. Okay. So instead of just listing family, um, you might say, I'm grateful for our family um, Sunday afternoon walk, walks together or something like that. Um, yeah. So be a bit more specific in, um, around what you're grateful for. So I started to do that once a week after, this is after a couple of years though. Um, and then also I started a different um, re- uh, reflection. So what I started to do was write... Um, the best part about my day. So just a notepad next to the bed again, spend a minute writing about the best part about it. Um, also three ways I helped someone else and three things that I did to add value to my own life, um, whether it was ex- exercise or ate a healthy meal, whatever it was. But just just jotted that down every day. Um, and that's that's a way that um, we can train our brains to focus on the good things. Because as we know that, um, particularly as adults, lots of good things happen in the day, but some not so good. But we're wired to actually focus on the negative. That's why we are. But the good news is that we can train our brain to focus on the good things. That's what research tells us as well. So um, by doing that, what I found with the gratitude practice and that positive reflection is that if I was having a bad day, I was able to use my emotional regulation or another way to say is reframing skills. So basically using my self-talk to see things from a more positive point of view. So if it was a bad day, I might just say to myself, look, today's just been one of those days. Nothing's gone my way, but you know what? Maybe it's not so bad after all. I've got home to go home to tonight. I've got food to eat. If I actually put in perspective, it's not that bad. And also, um, 
I learned, yeah, I learned, I learned to do that, but also reflecting on the good things as well. So um, then I'd shift my, shift my mind to the good things that happened rather than worry about that one not so good, which probably in the past would have got to me and eaten away a little bit. So yeah. they're the skills that I learned pretty much. And that, um, and that transition to where I am today. So when we realized that um, or at the end of 2013, when nothing really happened with that program, I clearly remember this, when it was, like, it was yesterday, like I was walking, it was, I used to live in um, Glenelg, Glenelg East. And I remember walking along the corner of this street called Cliff Street and Diagonal Road at Glenelg East, not far from where I lived. And I remember just sort of stopping and thinking, hang on, what, what if I combine what I know as a teacher with what I learned for my own benefit? I reckon I can help not only our school, but other schools set up a program in this wellbeing space. And that was back when? In 2000 and... January, January of 2014. Okay. Um, so so I, was I was teaching, yeah. yep. So what I did, I, you know, I don't know if you've ever had one of those aha moments before or those big ideas. Yeah. I had plenty before that, but I never did anything about it. Okay. This was this was different. This was just something that came over me where I've got to do this. So I went straight home and just got started that day. So I thought, right, I'm going to do this. But one thing that really helped was um, previous, not not long before, I read this book called The Slot Edge. Yeah, you told me about this. Yeah, yeah. I, haven't got, I haven't got my hands on it yet, but that's on my to-do list to get that book. So, yeah. The Slot Edge is got, as, um, written by a guy called um, Jeff Olson. Okay, and yeah. Pretty much, pretty much what it's about, it's about doing small, um, taking action each day to get to where yeah. you want to go. Yeah. And I totally resonated with his philosophy about you don't have to do everything overnight. Because um, I was teaching full time, mm. well, okay, I'm going to use this philosophy and just work on it every day. But it doesn't have to be hours and hours, just chunks here and there. So to, to free up time, what I decided to do, okay, um, and you read like a, a lot about how successful people get up early. So I thought, right, going to get up at 4:30 um, and go to the gym, um, and then go. I found a little bit of routine and go to a little cafe on Jetty Road that opened about six, I reckon it was. And sat in there, on a, oh, maybe 6.30 anyway. Um, I'd sit in there for an hour, hour and a bit before school and then went to school. So you were so, doing that, where you were getting up at your training at that, that, that time around 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning and then going to yep. going to the cafe and then just doing your thing, yeah? Yeah. yeah. I mean, to be, to be fair, I, didn't, I don't have um, kids. So yep. Yep. I don't have that responsibility in the morning. So it didn't, it didn't I guess. Yeah, I mean, still I'm a big effort, mate. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, but okay. you know what though? It's it's like what you're used to. I never used to be, of course, yeah, yeah, a morning person. Like when I was younger, but I think as you get older, like your mindset changes, and that's what definitely happened. Um, mm. I realized, and now I, I can't sleep in. I have to get up early, even if um, well, not that happens too much anymore. But even if I have a big big night, like it's yeah, it's done. Yeah. I've got to get up early and get stuff done. So, um, yeah, that's just the routine I got in and just did that all 2014. Um, a little bit on the weekends, not heaps, but just a little bit, and then all 2015. And then got the program to a stage where I left teaching at the start of 2016. Yeah, that, that's amazing, mate. And that's to me, like that's that's really one of what I want to get into, like the nuts and bolts of that. Because obviously, you know, you're in a pretty good profession as it is. Like you're you're at a good school. You're, I mean, you know, on face value, you know what you're doing. You've got a good job there. Yeah. But I mean, when did you realize? Like, did you always believe? Like from the start, like when you had that aha moment, did you? Yep. Did you always believe, right, I'm going to do this? Like, this is an idea that this is exactly what I want to do. Did it start off as that? Or did it? Ju- did you just say to yourself, look, this is my idea. And then if I can just 
chip away at it like a little bit every day. And as you did that, did your belief get stronger and stronger over time? Or when did you actually believe like that you were going to transition into it and that's what you were going to do? Yeah, I, I, I think I've, uh, it's a good question, actually. So I reckon I, I wanted to do something more. I thought I could do more. Like, yes, I had a great job, as you say, and really enjoyed it. But I felt I could impact more people. Um, but also I came across this thinking about living on your terms. So, yes, school's great, but you have to be there a certain time. You've got to eat at a certain time. You've got to yeah. leave at a certain time. Um, but just having that, I guess, that lifestyle of doing what you want, if I want to have a day off, well, um, I'll have a day off. Or if I, um, yeah, you know, you know what I mean? Like living on your terms, so being yeah. in control of what you do. And that was the mindset I also developed. So I thought this was a good opportunity to do that. But most importantly, I thought I could have a big impact on um, – schools but most importantly young people so again um, these are skills that i wish i learned when i was in school i've been about being grateful and kind and empathetic not again not just knowing what it is but actually practicing it and that was probably the, the catalyst to doing it and it was pretty determined so um again coming from that sporting background and really having a drive to i guess succeed at the top level of that it's probably maybe subconsciously i thought well this is an opportunity to um excel in something something else so that's how it um, probably started and I had a pretty strong mindset I really wanted to do it um, again as I said before it was like I had aha moments before and ideas but never really um, I might take a bit of action but then no that's nah not, don't really want to do that so that's a probably clear picture that wasn't really a passion but this was different and um, how was it different I just want you to touch on that like because I've had I've experienced the same I'm sure you know other people listening have had the same experience they've had these ideas where they get a short burst of energy for yeah. whatever it is, a month, two months, maybe, and then it just dies, you know? Um, yeah. How was this different for you, like having gone through those previous experiences? Yeah, I think, um, I don't know. It, it, I think what I was going back to before is like skills that I developed as an adult and yeah. wish I learned them as a kid. And I knew that like other schools were looking for programs as well. It wasn't just ours. Like, it, I mean, our school at the time um, was quite, I guess it's really well-being, positive education is big in schools at the moment. But back then, um, it started to become a bit more of a, a thing, like schools were looking at it, but weren't really sure what to do. Yeah. And I thought there was an opportunity there to, I guess, um, and, and I guess create resources and programs for schools, but I didn't really know how it was going to look. So I just started, like the first, the way I started was just creating lesson plans. Um, being a teacher, that's sort of what you do. So you've got those skills to at least start that way. Um, so that's how it's just started, come up with ideas, um, little themes and things like that. And just start because as you, as you, when, you, when you start, you actually get that momentum going and then you can work out, okay, well, don't think this will work or you did try it, didn't work. And then you can go in a different direction that might be better. So where, what Growing With Gratitude started out, it started out as a, a resource pack. So um, in terms of a business sense, it was a printable resource pack with um, oh, five or six things in it, like a little uh, student. No, that wasn't, I can't remember what was in it. Um, it was a little booklet, um, a couple of stickers, like this um, wheel, like if you remember the board game Twister. Yeah, um, yep, yep. wheel with different numbers and activities on it. Uh, a few, yeah, a poster, and that was the resource pack. Um, and that that's what it was. But then... After a while, teachers say, oh, these are good resources. We want more. Can, can you develop like a platform online? 
So it started out that way uh, and then pivoted to putting it all online. And then also from a business sense, that resource pack was so annoying because I have to get it printed, printing costs, and then yeah. you sell it and the profit margin wasn't that big. So then I thought, yeah, that's really good. So I got some, because um, I because I didn't, I was still teaching. So I had money to be able to invest in it. And um, so I hired somebody, a marketing person who helped me put the um, platform online and showed me how to do that. And then, yeah, I spent probably about, I reckon I committed about, about eight weeks to get all the content up online um, into a like an online platform. Um, and then that's, yeah, that's how it started, just built on it from that. So, um, yeah, I think it was just like going back to the actual question about what was different this time was just, yeah, yeah I think um, it's hard to explain, but just, I think you just know. <laughs> yeah okay so you just you just connected with it did you like at, yeah, a, at a level yeah. where you're like nah this is a lifestyle change that this is what i really want and yeah you know, i'm going for it and and yeah. that was it pretty much yeah but also I, I don't know it this is the way i think about it not everyone will probably resonate with it but also i thought well this isn't about me this is about creating yeah. something that can benefit a lot of people um but yeah just because like you're the you're the driver like it was more of a motivation to um, create something that could help people. That was the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can see the merit in that, mate. And obviously, you know, with what you've got set up now, that's that's exactly what you're doing. So can I ask you, right, when you when you made the full transition and you decided to, you know what, this is it, this is what I'm going to do full time. Did you, yep. in regards to, because I guess the, the people that are listening to this, they're probably like, they're, they're considering changing careers or changing path. And obviously something that might maybe holding them back is, you know, the income and like how mm. they're going to, you know, do I pull the trigger now? Do I wait until I build something up? Do I just do it now and free myself up and, and then just go for it? I mean, everyone's mm. got a different level of, you know, risk tolerance. So yeah each personality is going to handle it differently. But did you, how did you handle it in the sense that did you wait until you got to a certain level or were you that far, that deep into it? You thought, you know what, like, I know this yeah. is what I'm going to do and I'll just make it work. And you were able to sort mm. of cut, burn the boat, so to speak, you know, like quite early on and, and, and go for it from there. Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. So I think um, for me, because I was, I, when I left teaching, I, already, I had worked on it for two years. So, I, my advice to anyone, when, like, if you want to change a career, um, unless you're like got heaps of savings and in a position yeah. too, I wouldn't cash. just quit your job and start something new. Um, I'd work it as a side project. And yeah. if you're, I mean, and if you don't think you don't have time, well, maybe it's not what you really want to do because if if, it's, if you're passionate about it, you'll make time. Whether that's getting up early, um, spending a bit of extra time on the weekends, whatever, you, you'll make it happen. Um, and over time, you might um, decide to cut back on your work a little bit to like, if you, if you can cut back one day a week so you can work on your project a full day a week, but working um, four days a week with, with income coming in. So when I left in sort of 2016, I did have a bit of a backup. So I had long service leave at half, I took long service leave at half pay for six months. Yep. Um, so I had a bit of income coming in already, or sorry, through that. And um, the school gave me, a um oh yeah uh, what happened after that oh yeah that's right so i had that six months and then they gave me the rest of the year off um with an option of coming back so it was, it was a low risk thing if it worked out um, sorry if it didn't work out i could always go back and teach yeah so at the end of 2016 I had a meeting with the principal and i was a bit umming and actually mainly i didn't know what to do or 
probably did in the back of my mind. I really wanted to <laughs> leave. Yeah, but yeah. He, he, he was yeah. He, yeah, he's really good. He said, look. So he was supportive. Like you, you were fortunate yeah. enough to have someone yeah. like that, a boss or someone senior yeah. in, your, in the school that yeah. really backed you in, yeah? yeah? Yeah, so he knew what I was doing the whole time. So um, very supportive. In the end, he said, look, just give it a go. The worst thing that can happen, you can go back and teach. Yeah. And and that, that's true because I've still got a teaching degree. Um, yeah. And I, if worst comes to worst, I can always go back and teach. And it's like it's the same if you you got a trade, you got a degree in something, you can always go back and use it yeah. as well. So yeah, um, worst comes to worst. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, I've for me, like, I've been into this personal development space for the last seven years myself. You know, it would have been, you know, probably back in sort of late 2014 where I got where I started investing myself in my own growth. I've got two young kids now, Ash. I've got a seven-year-old daughter. She's in year one this year. Um, I've got a little boy who'll be three in December. You know, gratitude for me has, has changed my life. And when I practice it consistently, like I do notice that, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a far better state of mind. Like I look at the world differently. Um, but with kids, how do we get them introduced to it? Like, what, what could I do for my kids? And if, if there's anyone listening that's got a couple of kids themselves, like, what's a great way to sort of introduce, you know, just some basic exercises yeah. or, or something so they can experience the benefits of gratitude as well? Yeah. So for even someone as young as three, because we do run a, called the, it's called Growing with Gratitude Multisport. So with that PE background, we do mainly 90% sports skills, but we do about 10% um, like, because positive psychology principles. And one thing we do at the end of each session is a little gratitude activity. And what it is, um, we keep it, it's like a gratitude jar, which is quite a, a common thing. And what we do, we ask the kids, what do you, instead of saying, what are you grateful for? We say, what are you lucky to have? Yeah, so okay. what are you lucky to have is a great intro for young kids to plant that seed. Because yeah. even like three-year-olds know what lucky to have is. Well, they come up with some pretty random things, but <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter. Like, at least they're thinking about what they're lucky to have as a way to plant that seed from a very young age. Um, so sometimes they'll come up with like their favorite toy or some character from a like some TV series, which um, they they're lucky to have. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And sometimes I'll say reframe it so it might be um, oh, who's a person in your life you're lucky to have, like mum or dad or a brother or sister, and they'll do that. They just draw a little picture on a piece of paper and yeah, put in a jar. And that's how we practice for the young um, kids. The, the other way, like if you're like, a, like even junior primary age, like, you, like your daughter in year one, um, there's heaps of different ways you can you can practice. So um, a gratitude jar, like I just mentioned, is a, is a good way. Um, also uh, having that, just asking um, at the dinner table, um, what are you grateful for today is a good introduction. So Sorry, sorry, man, to jump in. The, the gratitude jar is that just like the concept of writing something down and then actually putting it in, yeah. and collecting yeah. it over time, like, yeah. like you would, yeah, and, yeah. And store, you might just like just put a like a label on it, gratitude yeah. jar, um, cut up into paper, and then once a week or however you want to do it, two or three times a week or whatever, um, do the activity. And what you do, you, you keep the jar in a, in a space where you can see it regularly, so it, it's visible. Um, and then every now and then, instead of doing it, um, the actual activity might, instead of doing it tonight, we'll read some out. So go back in and remind us what we are lucky to have or grateful for. Um, yeah. Also games. So one thing I realised, um, or, or sort of known it, but it's, it's come to, um, I guess, action where 
we kids look like love playing games um and we can actually play a lot of games um and learn like skills about being grateful and kind so recently created a few games like um gratitude yahtzee so just adapted the game of yahtzee and when you've done example, that have you you've created yeah, that yep yeah. so basically okay. what that is is basically yahtzee but say if you get a full house um, next to the full house on the score sheet is a little um, gratitude activity or a positive reflection activity. For example, um, what are you looking forward to? That what you got coming up in your life that you're looking forward to? What yeah. inside you? Um, yeah, what are you grateful for? Or what's an experience you're grateful for? Those, those type of things. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a family you can play as well. You can play in, in class in school, but you can play it as a as a family um, as a bit of a variation to that game. So there's different ways you can um, incorporate it as a bit of a fun way. And also it's got some physical activity. So some of it is like responding by writing down. Some of it is like, um, if you, I know that if you roll, when you've got the fives, so if you get three fives, you put under the fives columns, five column, um, you'll do five sit-ups. So it's a bit of physical activity um, and a bit of um, yeah, reflection through writing or um, yeah, writing as well. Do you get much difference in feedback, like between the young ones and the old ones? Like, do you get much, you know, pushback at all? Like, I, I'd imagine from the younger ones, like they'd really embrace it. Like, you know, yep. four, five, six, seven-year-olds. Is it different? Like when you go to high school, like because of I, it, some yeah, of the... yeah, it kind of. But it, it depends on who you're talking to, the way you you teach it. Yeah. So, um, for example. Um, year, what are we? Yeah, year, oh, year nine, like uh, year nine, something they are. Yeah, they are. Um, so I've been doing some stuff with the year nines at Wolford Girls School here in Adelaide, and also actually year eights down at Tattachilla Lutheran and McLaren Vale. And um, so what we did, um, when, when we talk about gratitude as well, um, yes, growing with gratitude, focus on gratitude, but also focus on those other five things or other four things I mentioned, um, like kindness, empathy, um, positive reflection, service. In fact, Actually, for the high schools, also talk about self-awareness and ownership as well. Yeah. Um, so, depending on who you're talking to, we'll, we do we'll do a gratitude activity, but we also explain going to a bit more detail detail about why we're doing it. So, how I explained about before about um, the more you practice, the better you get. Yeah. What you might find is that you can use your self-talk coming from a place of being grateful to see things from a more positive point of view. So, go go into a bit more depth about why they're practicing it and how they can use it in their own life. Okay, yeah. Um, and the activities might be yeah, slightly different, but at the end of the day, um, gratitude is gratitude practice. It doesn't matter if you're three-year-old or 103-year-old. It's relevant for everyone. Um, but just the delivery is slightly different. And, um, but yeah, and say with the corporate or um, like tonight or this afternoon, I did a, a teacher um, session at Peripheral Gardens Primary. Um, and the language that you use is slightly different, but it's, the framework is brilliant for everyone. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that as well, like the corporate side of it and also sports as well. Yep. Like obviously, you partnered with the Crows. Yeah. Like how did that come about and, and what, what exactly do you guys do, I guess, together yep. or, or in partnership? So Yeah, so that was pretty lucky actually. So the way that came about was um, pretty much, uh, well, I started in 2014. I reckon it was about halfway through, 2014, um, the Crows rang up the Be Active Challenge, which is a government um, initiative, and um, spoke to a guy called Nick Warren, who's one of my mates. And he said, um, the Crows said, oh, do you know anything about this um, what are they, oh, well-being, positive psychology um, thing? And they said, no, it's not our thing. <laughs> but 
I do know this guy who's just started something. Okay. Um, so I guess, so to speak, got a handball from um, them. So I had a meeting with them and I didn't have a website, didn't have anything really. I just it's amazing, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Framework of the five, it's called the five habits of happiness. Mm. So the gratitude, the kindness, um, the positive reflection, the service and something, or at the time, something called wellbeing worry, which was basically physical activity. So showed them that and yeah, we just went from there. So what the Crows do, they use the program as part of their community engagement. So they take the program out to schools and do a 50 minute to an hour presentation. Um, unfortunately, we're about to roll out a new program um, called Growing with Gratitude GRIT, which GRIT stands for, um, well, it's an acronym for Growth Mindset, um, Resilience, Inner Self. So that's a bit of self-awareness stuff. And T, which is a, called the Try Hard Rule. So challenging yourself to do hard things. But then COVID hit and the whole community team just got um, okay. yeah, made redundant pretty much. So that's um, it's, on, it's ready to go. It's just as the AFL and all the AFL club build themselves back up, get more staffing. Um, yeah, but we've, yeah, we've had that partnership going for about, well, since, two, well, 2015 really after, we, yeah, by the time we got started. Um, so, yeah, a bit of luck, but, um, yeah, sort of make, trying to make the most of those opportunities when they come up. Yeah, for sure, mate. And what about corporate? Like, do you go into do you go into workplaces as well and do anything like, as in, with corporations? Or have you have you have you gone down that road before? Or have you have you spoken? Yeah, to a little bit. Um, such yet? Yeah, a little bit. So, haven't like gone in, say, like a, a specific like business and done a certain amount of sessions, but have done um, things with the um, South Australian Sports Turf Association. So you got ground staff. So the ground staff of Adelaide Oval there. Uh, the who was oh ground staff at different schools came. So they're part of this association, and um, they put on a a workshop. So I ran the workshop. It was a three hour one. It was really good actually. Um, that was a few months or a couple months ago. And um, coming up at the end of November, um, I've got a I've got a couple of friends who own a um, Adelaide Hills lawns um, Adelaide Hills lawns and gardens, which is a um, lawn mowing business and they're doing um, Movember and Movember is also um, going out to mental health now. So at the end of the month, um, I'll just go up there and do one or just a session with them. But I think after that we'll do um, a series of sessions. So they've got a lot of young employees, um, particularly young um, men. Um, So that's sort of a area that hasn't got, or according um, to those guys that yeah, we, we haven't got much support in this sort of space. Um, so that's that's some, something definitely something that I'm going to look at um, for the trades um, to put things together. Um, I think I think it's slow, I think it's getting a lot better um, with support, but there's still opportunities there to impact those younger people as well. Again, different demographic, but you just got to know your audience and yeah. um, remember back when you're a, t- <laughs> a teenager or, or a young person and yeah. um, speak to the employee about what they're like, and then develop activities and ideas about how you yeah uh, or what you, what you can do with them pretty much so it's about really understanding like who, who you're going to be yeah talking to and then building around that yeah i mean you got your framework but then yeah. how you deliver it depends on the yeah definitely depends yeah on the audience there's a cu- couple more questions i want to ask you before we you know before we wrap up mindful of the time so the first one was just some of the challenges that you had i know that in when you uh, when you sent your bio form back, you spoke about relationships and and loneliness. Yep. And I know that a lot of young people 
you know, especially these days, especially what's going on at the moment in the world, you know, they probably are experiencing, you know, a bit of that, you know, challenges yeah. with their relationships, you know, being isolated, being lonely. Can you sort of, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Just yeah, absolutely. Talk, talk us through it. Yeah. So when I say talk about relationships, I mean, like um, intimate relationships. Like okay. Yeah. So yep. pretty Which much, is relevant. Which yeah, is relevant. Very basically. relevant. Um, yep. So I had a long-term partner for about eight years and it wasn't always easy, but it, um, she got quite ill. And um, it was just for about three years, uh, we just didn't do anything because she um, actually had a heart issue and uh, low, uh, which resulted in low, low blood pressure, um, often would faint. Um, and that caused mental health issues um, because you were real anxious about it, um, sort of spiraled out of control. And it was a really tough situation, not only uh, for her, um, obviously for her, but just the whole, um, just literally didn't do anything. Um, and it was, would plan to do stuff, but then the anxiety would kick in and, cancel it and it um sort of wore us both down so in the end um that did end um after probably two or three years of that uh and then yeah just um going coming out of that and being on your own um and i guess that thing in the back of your mind about oh, i don't want to go through anything like that again yes unlikely it would but it's still in the, the back of the mind a bit of a fear that i just i can't go through that again so in terms of the relationship um, type situation, like with, an, with another with another person, it, it took a, a, like a quite a long time until like you sort of, or, or personally, I was ready to meet someone else out of, out of fear of um, yeah, okay. being hurt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that's, yeah, that, that's what I mean by that. And that, that has resulted in some loneliness at times um, for sure. Um, like sitting at home, like on a midweek and like I'm by yourself. Um, but, but yeah, that, that kind of thing. I mean, I've got, great family and friends and things like that, but just those times as well. And I think um, probably a lot of people will be able to relate to that in different ways. Um, yeah. So that there, yeah, that's what I mean by that. Yeah. And, and, and the last thing I want to ask you was about being like limitless. Obviously, you know, I've got, I've got, you know, my opinion is that everyone has um, tremendous potential, limitless potential, I yeah. call it, you know, and that's different for everyone. I mean, you you made a comment that you know everyone's capable of doing a lot more, yeah, with their life, yeah. You know, why do you think that, Ash? Like, why do you think people are capable of doing a lot more than what they're doing? Well, I think um, in in yeah, in general, like, I think we could do more. Um, I don't know if you follow um David Goggins. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know David so he, Goggins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so those pretty really hardcore like, David Goggins, not for everyone, but <laughs> uh, so he, he, there's somewhere he's written, written a book called um, "Can't Hurt Me." He's, he's yeah. like full on guy, like full on. Yeah, and he thinks. Oh, he, I heard him say before, that he believes like we, we can do forty percent more than we think. Yeah. So when we when we get to that stage, it could be like fitness or whatever it is, and um, like we he, he, well once we think we. At our maximum, he reckons we everyone's got forty percent more. Yeah. And I actually don't really disagree with him. I, I think sometimes we do, like even though we think we've like given it all, I reckon mm. we can sometimes we can give it just that little, that little bit more. Um, but I guess like what I mean by um, I think everyone is capable of like doing more. Or so, hang on, how do I actually frame that in the uh, in that comment that I made? 
Did well, I, basically, what I, I, what I asked was like, obviously, everyone's capable of doing more. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, and I believe that, right? Yeah. So the question was like, how, why do you believe that? Pretty much. Yeah. So, and obviously, like you've been following people like Goggins and, yeah. you know, but why, why, why are we all capable of more? Like, what is it? Why, why do we put limitations on ourselves? Is it our conditioning? Is it, is it just yeah. what other people oh, say to us? Is it that we just we haven't yeah. fully developed? Our own mental faculties, like what do you think? A bit of a combo, a bit of a combination, because sometimes we think, I think it's that, um, I'm sure that we've heard of the imposter syndrome and things like that, where who's going to listen to what I've got to say, kind of thing. And that's, I definitely um, um, had that in the back of my mind. But at the end of the day, I thought to myself, I actually don't care um, what people think. I know my intentions are trying to help people. but also, like you think, well, hang on, this guy, why is he? What's it? How? No, what? What's he got yeah. to do with well-being and whatever? And yeah. what's he got the right to do it? So that that's not that I really had anybody say it like to my face. Yeah. Well, that's what just in the way that society is. People. It's funny. It's funny how you say that, man. I mean, it it took me. It probably took me three years to start this, like for that yeah. reason, like thinking, yeah. well, you know, who am I to start something where yeah. I'm going to talk about, you know, how to yeah. be how to step into your potential, how to become yeah. limitless in your own right. And you're right. But that, that was me though. No one actually said it directly to no. me. It was me thinking like, yeah. you know, what are they thinking? Or they're, they're potentially going to say it to just, me, you know? Like, just on that. No, this okay. is the thing. Nobody, um, when we think, when we think that think people think about us, they're not. Nobody no, cares. they're not. <laughs> and, and like, we, we, we're not that special. Yeah. Nah, everyone's so consumed. What they do, they're own doing their own world. Is yeah. that they're not even thinking about us. Like if you have a bad day, um, I don't mean life, life and death sort of stuff. But if you just have a bad day, like, and you tell your your mate at work, oh, it's the worst day. Mm. Like, they're going to go home. They won't. They won't even remember your conversation. They don't. Nobody cares. Ah, uh, they got their own problems, haven't they? That's, That's right. And <laughs> nobody thinking about what you're doing. Um, judging us on this podcast right now, even though they might be, we might mm. be thinking that, but. Yeah, he does. So that's yeah. one of the things that I, I realized that I've got this fear, but hang on, I don't care what people do. Um, and I think if people have a go, it's brilliant. Mm. And then I realized, well, if I think like that, probably other people do as well. <laughs> so yeah, um, it was that it was that mindset and mindset of like just a, originally probably the wrong mindset. And then I just had one of those moments where I thought, hang on, like people actually aren't thinking about me, like they're not. So just give it a go, like, yeah. Um, and see what happens. So I think that's um, I think that's uh, can be a bit of a block for um, the potential stuff, like because people the fear of actually what people think and being judged. But trust me, nobody's thinking of you. Do you know? Do you notice <laughs> that with young? Do you notice that with young kids as well, Ash? Do they do they sort of reflect that sort of behaviour as well? Or do you know what? I don't think they. I don't think are they a little bit more liberal and they a bit more, you know, open minded to be able to take on things. Yeah, I don't think they do care what people think. I think yeah. as we get older, we get conditioned to yeah. worry about what people think of us for some reason. Um, but yeah, it's sort of like that. I don't know when it might start, but maybe probably mm-hmm. through the teenage, the young kids, or well, they don't care. And yeah. probably through teenage years, that's when it starts. And then yeah. it can take us a while to I guess untangle that those thoughts to get back to um, like actually nobody's really thinking of me like mm. and I, I actually reflected back and i actually went um uh, so through teenage years um i actually thought people cared like when i was saying about 
didn't make my dream of playing AFL football and a few things didn't go my way and I got really depressed about it. And then only, I think it must have been like early 20, early to mid-20s, I realised, hang on, looking back on that, oh, nobody actually cared. Mm. <laughs> nobody did. And it was just <laughs> one of those moments where I thought, oh, my, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just, if we can pick that up um, like as early as possible and realise that, yeah, just go for it because nobody's actually thinking of you and nobody's judging you. Most people actually think it's probably brilliant. Yeah. It's funny, like one of my mentors, Sam, Sam Cawthorn from the Speakers Institute, you know, he always, he, he says to me often, he goes, you know, it's not all about you, Simon, you know, mm. like get over yourself, you know, and he's right, right? You know, in yeah. other words, like stop worrying about yeah. what you think of yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. And actually, if you want to do something, well, go and do it because you might actually Help someone. be helping someone else. You might be adding value to someone else's life. You might be changing someone's life. You don't even know it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, exactly. You know, and... It's it's it, yeah, it's amazing to come from that that perspective and and look at it that way, you know. So hundred percent. I think um that's one of the things as well. Like, uh, somewhat can't remember who said it, but it's probably pretty much what you said then. Like, um, is that after oh you, you you're selfish? Some like you yeah. selfish selfish if you got this idea and you're not putting it out to the world because somebody could benefit. So if it's helped you, then it's more than well pretty much guaranteed to help somebody else. So if yeah. you're holding it back, that can be considered as selfish if you look at it that way. I, and that's, I think so. Yeah. 100%, you know, um, for sure, mate. So, Ash, where where can people find you, man? Like, what's the best forum that yeah. they can connect with you if they want to yeah. reach out to you? Um, so, growingwithgratitude.com is the Growing with Gratitude website. I've got an ashmanual.com as well, um, personal brand one. Um LinkedIn is probably the main one. So Ash Manual and you'll see a photo. So yep. if you see the post here, you can match it up. Yep. <laughs> I don't think there's too many Ash Manuals out there. Um, yeah, they're, they're the main places. Um, feel free to email on um, at info at growingwithgratitude.com.au. Um, yeah, be happy to chat. Ah, awesome, man. Look, I, I want to thank you again. Like, Thanks for coming on and I got a lot out of this, to be honest. I've learned, I've learned a lot just having a chat with you about you know, I guess what even what I can do with my own kids and mm. just the subject of gratitude and then also just you know how you're able to to transition and, and, and you know and build a, a lifestyle and actually feel like you're contributing as well to the world more so now than mm. in your previous career, which is probably more rewarding than anything else, like any monetary rewards that you get. You know, mm. it's I think that's what it's all about. If you can find something that you just connected to so deeply, you love to do it and you're invested in it and you're doing it every day. Mm. Uh, to me, that's the ultimate. And um, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on, man, and sharing that. So, no worries, mate. Thanks for the opportunity. Awesome, mate. And uh, yeah, catch up soon. Absolutely. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Ash. See you, buddy. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, guys. If you got value from this, please give us a like and a subscribe. And also share this with someone who you think may benefit having listened to it as well. I wish you all the very best in chasing what is your own version of your limitless potential.